Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. In this episode, we sit down with our friend Daniel Wanderlei, highly respected coach, competitor. He's the BJJ instructor at Rufus Sport in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He got his black belt from Gutenberg Mellow and the Carlson Gracie lineage. If you want to check out more of Daniel, you can go back to Season 2, Episode 12, and hear our first interview with him, recorded in Oklahoma City. As always, this episode is brought to you by the world-famous Tortuga Soap Company. All the things you need to keep you looking and smelling good, use the discount code PODCAST and get 20% off your order. And Port City BJJ, home of the Great Northeast BJJ podcast. If you're ever in the Portsmouth, New Hampshire area, please come by and visit us. We'd love to train with you. PortCityBJJ.com And this episode is brought to you by BJJ Prehab. It's a program of custom videos designed to help prevent injuries and keep you on the mat, or in this case, get you back on the mat healthy for when we're able to train again. Make sure you go to BJJPrehab.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really do appreciate it, and we're blessed to have all the support we have. We hope everybody out there is doing well and staying healthy. Um, remember, positive mental attitude will help you get through this. And if anybody needs help out there, please send us a message. Don't worry, we're not going to share it with anybody. Like, But there's people that have reached out to us that say they want to help people. So please, if you need some help or if you know somebody that does, hit us up. We'd like to try to help you out. Once again, we're grateful for you all out there. We look forward to uh, getting through this and, and training with you guys when it's all over. Stay healthy, everybody. Peace. Welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast, my man. How you doing? Good, man. Doing well. It's been a while. Um, I think the last time, I think the time, I think I met you three years ago in in, uh, Oklahoma, man. Oklahoma, right? At the fights? Yeah. That was a, that was a UFC or Bellator fight? It's UFC. UFC, right? I I forget the guy's name. You were there corner and was fighting Clay Guida. Um, Cock. Oh. Eric Coke. Eric Coke. Yeah, Eric yep. Coke. Is that was a North Carolina, right? I think no, so. No, Oklahoma City. Um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma City. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Right. I mean, it was a long time ago, man. <laughs> yeah, you know? wow. There's a lot of lot of stuff go, going on since then. Now we're we're in quarantine. Yeah, I remember we talked so much about jujitsu. Yeah. So, how's everything going in Milwaukee? Man. Are you in Milwaukee? Yeah, I'm in Milwaukee right now. A little town close to Milwaukee called Wauwatosa. Um, you know, 10 minutes away from the gym. Everything's doing good here. Looks like people really respecting the, you know, the the, the situation right now. Everybody's staying home. Uh, unfortunately, we, we're not training. I'm glad to have my son here. He's 18, and he's the toughest nails, too, so I, I can keep rolling with him. <laughs> we're in a quarantine home, but uh, I have this... Uh, 12 by 12 mats at my living room so me and my son can just rock and roll nice but how's he that, doing man how how's he i know he is he a blue belt yeah he's he's still blue belt you know waiting for some tournaments this year 
um, you know, probably by the end of the year, if everything gets back to normal, he'd probably be moving up soon. But he's and, he's fighting MMA, right? Yeah, two solid solid years in jiu-jitsu as a blue belt, and uh, he just had his uh, amateur MMA debut. That's awesome, man. One, How old? Uh, via Ambar. So, represent the jiu-jitsu community. <laughs> How old is he? He's 18. He just turned 18 in January. Gabriel Wonderley. I'm using his account right now here. <laughs> I represent. Yep. Is he training over at uh, Duke Rufus? Yeah, he trains at Rufus Sport. Here we go right here. Rock yeah. Rufus Sport hoodie. Um, yeah, Gabriel been trained jiu-jitsu with me since he was uh, eight-year-old, and he started striking uh, at Rufus Sport with Duke. And when he was 13, like, oh, yeah, it was like it's been a while already. He's he's been trained for a long time. So he's I mean, he's got a pretty good uh pretty good group of humans to train with, huh? Yep. Uh he's a he, I can call him a lucky kid because um he's been trained with the with the pro fighters for the last couple of years since he was 16. Hmm. Um and you know, in jiu-jitsu, he he used to see those guys come in class and roll them, but he started taking the 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 fight team, you know, we have an amateur fight team and we have a pro uh, a fight team. And um, most of the pros guys really like to train with him. So Duke opened up the doors and he, he can train with the pro. So it was pretty nice. One of his best training partners, Sergio Pettis, uh, Mano Sanchez, you know, uh, he trained with a lot of good, good fighters. Did he start do when he started jujitsu, did he start because he wanted to, or did you kind of push him into it? Um, actually, that's a good, a good question. You know, um, Kieber started jujitsu when I first moved to America. So he started jujitsu in Brazil. I wasn't there. He just started this, uh, uh, jujitsu program in the church, right? Really by like three blocks away from my house. Um, dude was purple belt, very nice guy out there. And he just wanted to start jujitsu. So he was looking at me doing jujitsu for a few years and, I come to Chicago to visit my mom. My mom just moved to Chicago when Gabriel was really little. And I come to see my mom. And um, Gabriel started jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I was like, damn. And then, wow, he, was he back in Recife? Uh, he's here. Actually, I'm in, but, I mean, he oh, was, that was yeah, yeah, I was back in Recife. Yeah, back in um, 2000, what? When did I come in here? 2005. Yeah. So when your mom moved here... Is that when you could, so, if, I mean, you and I have talked about this before. Like, you came here and lived with Carlson, right? Yeah. Uh, I have this uh, great opportunity. So, when my mom moved to, to Chicago, um, I came to see my mom, like, three or four years later. And Carlson was teaching Chicago. That was pretty, uh, you know, small world. Uh, my coach, Gutenberg, my professor who, you know, one under from my white to the black belt. Um, he used to train with Carson back in the days, you know, for many years. You know, he's a black belt uh, man for almost 40 years. <laughs> he's an old school uh, Carson Gracie Jiu-Jitsu guy. And he, he just told me, you know, recommend to come and try to, to see Carson and train with him to have the opportunity to learn from the man himself, you know. So I think we talked about that last yeah. time. I mean, good, to, be, good to be honest, man, I'll, I'll talk about that forever because it's so, yeah. uh, I mean, everybody, when any, I've met a lot of people who've trained under Carlson 
you know, and come up and hit, and every, they're, they're all super tough. Yeah. Um, and then everybody always speaks about Carlson with such like reverence, you know? Yeah. That's how I, um, it, that was in 2005. Uh, I come to see my mom. I finally find the academy. I came in. Uh, I met Carson person, you know, I was so happy. I trained uh, the next day. I didn't train on the first night that I met him. Um, he allowed me to come next day. So I started training with him and uh, he was training Stefan. It was just like 15 years ago, Stefan uh, uh, against Forrest Griffin, the big fight that I think was the finals. I think, no, I'm sure it was the finals at the Youth May Fighter number one. When Diego Sanchez won the, I think it was 100, it was a 55 or 170. I think, I think it was 170 because Kenny Florian, I think, was in it, but he was fighting. Right. A bunch of he was the late. champion, and Forrest Griffin won the champion, the championship, but also uh, Stefan got the contract, remember? Because yeah. at that time, it was only one contract for the winner. So things being changed a lot. I feel like <laughs> it, it changed the history of the UFC, that fight. Yeah. So uh, Carson was training Stefan, uh, and then – you know, jujitsu on uh, the ground game, and Duke Roof was coming all the way from Milwaukee to train staff in the striking side. Um, that's when I met Duke at that time. You know, uh, I couldn't barely communicate in English, so I met Duke. I didn't know who Duke was, you know, in the past. And uh, small world, man, he was looking for a guy like me, you know, from the same lineage, because he remember I was part of the, uh, the, the fight camp, but I – I didn't fight MMA. I was just part of the camp training, you know, happy to be there and see all those guys. Back in the days, uh, Miguel Torres, I don't know if you guys remember the angel. From Miguel the WEC, Torres, right? Yeah. yeah, he used to be uh, uh, part of our team as well. Uh, it was a good time. I remember me cornering Miguel in the, man, the small show in Indiana when, uh, who's the other guy? Um, Jeff Curran as well. He used to okay. fight in the same local shows, yeah. Long, long time ago, way before the WC. And um, that was great, man. See, Carson, he was old, but uh, he was teaching every day, every morning. Uh, the MMA class, it was twice a week, if I'm not wrong, in jiu-jitsu, like Monday to Saturday. Uh, the man, you know, the passion was there. 72-year-old and still putting the gi on and go there, teach every move uh, with a lot of... Uh, with love, you know, so uh, I remember those days was a uh, uh, memories that I'm gonna, you know, keep in my Did Carlson ever learn English? <laughs> Very broke English <laughs> The Brazilians most of the Brazilians have a really hard time like I have a strong accent um, Being proved a lot, but the thing is if you have a chance to go to school to learn English, the, the, you know, the properly, like everything, you know, with the, the you're supposed to do is, is much easy. But when we got to work, uh, taking care of the family. And then also when you're older, it makes it a little harder. You know, I remember my mom, when she, you know, first moved here, she was already, um, an old lady. So it's very hard to learn another language. Uh, my little one, my five-year-old, just speak fluent Portuguese and English. <laughs> it's pretty good, pretty dope. Oh yeah. Uh, what was the what? What do you think was the most uh, important thing Carlson gave to you know for people that don't? Because I feel like there's generations that already don't really know about the yeah. guys like Carlson. What did he do? What was you know? What was his gift? Um, Carlson, I heard that from. Um, a lot of the top coaches or fighters, you know, even 
seen Hicks and talk about him. Um, any of the other Gracie, Hanson Gracie, you know, he's a good friend of mine. I really love Hanson. You know, he's the dude that I'm, I'm looking up a lot because he's the happy dude. You know, he's pretty tough. He's an older man, but he, he had a great MMA career. And now he's coaching and just having fun and making life a lot more fun. Um, but uh, I, I used to uh, hear from people like him, you know, talking about how Carson was so important for MMA, not just for jiu-jitsu. Uh, if I'm not wrong, Carson was the first one, first Gracie who fought without the kimono. You know, he took the kimono out and, and he fought MMA uh, when he had to save the family. A lot of people don't know, but back in the days, um, a lot of people know too, uh, was a student of uh, Helio Gracie. His name is Valdemar. Valdemar Santana is a black guy, very strong, very athletic, uh, that he become the Creonte and he challenged uh, um, Helio. But at that time, Helio was already older. You know, you know, I'm, I'm 40 right now. I'm feeling, you know, things start changing. You know, you don't have the same energy. You don't have the same uh, quick recover. So at that time, the Gracie family didn't have a lot of other mans, you know what I mean? So Carson has to step up. I believe he was 17 year old. He actually, in the law, he, he couldn't fight. Somebody actually faking an idea for him that, or a document that was saying he was 18, he was able to fight, and he went there and represented the Gracie family. I think that was the most, uh, uh, um, the, the, the moment that people will never forget. It's like he went there, he beat Valdemar. Uh, he saved the, the, the honor of the Gracie family at that day, I believe, you know, and uh, I think all the Gracies are very, uh, uh, grateful for Carson because he represented at the time that they didn't have many people to step in and try to fight. You know, the next generation was different, you know, and all those, you know, like jujitsu gangsters, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, you know, um, Hicks and Hoist, you know, Half, Hansen, and that was the next generation uh, that really put jujitsu out there. And that one, Carson created his students and went against the family. You can see the a lot of fights like uh, Walid Smile, uh, who's a really good friend of mine too. Is a Carson Grace, old school, tough dude. Uh, he's a very scary yeah. looking guy. <laughs> I was with him another day when his boy beat the Joseph Benavides at the UFC. In um, what was the last UFC? I was. I was actually two ago when uh, Figueroa uh, fought the. Um, for the title, but he missed the title because he missed weight. So he fought Joseph Benavides. I was there with the, the scary Walid. I actually had the opportunity to roll Walid. Nice. Uh, last year, one uh, Figueroa fought for Amiga. Anthony Pettis uh, fought Wonderboy in the same uh, fight week. And I was there. He invited me to roll. He messaged me like, hey, man, you want to roll today? Man, I have a, it was a good time, you know, learning rolling with the old school guy that uh i'm being a fan for a long time you know uh, legend he's a, he's I mean, a, he's a legend in brazil in between luta livre and jiu-jitsu uh, on the back in the days and walidi stepped in as a brown belt in jiu-jitsu i remember he was the only brown belt who represented jiu-jitsu that night and he did very well he beat uh uh what's the guy's name scary dude too um he fought hands on as well what's his name from luta livre um I will remember in a little bit. It's so many names. <laughs> now, EJ, wasn't he the one that clock choked uh, Hoist? Exactly. In five minutes, uh, right, after, right after Hoist become the UFC champion, 
I think was in the first, if I'm not wrong, the second time. Um, they make a challenge, so Hoist just choose the rules. Uh, will it be a jiu-jitsu match, not an MMA match? Walid was open for anything. And that's what Carson um, turned. Like, Carson just thought that jiu-jitsu was so good for everyone who would help people in the world that he, would, he wants to share jiu-jitsu with everybody. The Japanese was trying to keep that private before. So one Japanese taught Carlos, and Carlos taught the family. So they want to keep that just for the family. And Carson thought that uh, he was just like, that. that's not fair. I think jiu-jitsu will help a lot of people all over the world. So we got to spread that, you know, jiu-jitsu uh, vibes, you know, jiu-jitsu uh, lifestyle. And that's when the family started, you know, turning uh, uh, back to Carson and like try to, like, no, no, this is a, before used to be a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, you know that. Now it's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so it's very popular for the sport Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and also they change a little bit the rules. You know, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a self-defense fighting, um, you know, it's a combat fighting uh, art. It's not just Jiu-Jitsu, it's not grappling. And the sport Jiu-Jitsu become very popular, which is like, you know, makes sense because everybody can do Jiu-Jitsu now. It's not like old school. Are you tough? Or if you're not tough, you can't do jiu-jitsu because people's going to try to smash you and beat you up. Uh, that's how I learned back in the day. <laughs> Small gym with a lot of tough people. <laughs> wasn't wasn't it the old academy in Rio? Wasn't like Carlson taught on certain days and on the other days? Like yeah. old taught? They have two floors. I, I actually was very grateful to go to be able to visit the, uh, uh, the, 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 the headquarters in Brazil. And it's just different now. It was a little different. But uh, they used to have two floors. And I believe it was Monday, Wednesdays, Carson was teaching. And Tuesday and Thursday was Hoyles. Hoyles, uh, which I heard from Carson uh, when I used to live with Carson. It was one of the toughest graces that, you know, you know, one of the best ones in the family. He unfortunately passed. He passed away. Uh, but uh, um, he, Carson was talking pretty highly about, about him. I mean, everybody... Uh I feel like people say like Holes was the guy who brought the other like wrestling and other stuff into the into the jujitsu. Yeah, uh, my teacher Gutenberg used to talk pretty good about him too. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't see much, not much, uh, even like uh, on the internet. You know, you don't see much, many fights, uh, but it, you know, people still respect him as one of the best of the whole family the whole time. You know, he just couldn't yeah. prove that. So you got your black belt from Carlson, um, right? Gutenberg. Oh, Gutenberg, yeah. hello. Yeah, because when I first come, came to Chicago, I was a brown belt. And that was like very uh, right before Carson passed. You know, I was living with Carson. I had the opportunity to go there and train. And my mom used to uh, work for a cable uh, company who sometimes got to send people to work in different uh, towns and um uh, fortunately we got the notice that we got to move you know i was like with my mom uh leaving with her and carson asked me to stay you know i said damn what i'm gonna stay here what i'm gonna do for leaving where i'm gonna leave and like dude just stay with me in my apartment and i felt like you know man yeah, sure and my mom nah nah don't do that it's not gonna happen you know you can come back later let's get the job done out there in a couple months we'll come back something like that i'm like no, mom, and like this is the opportunity that I have been looking for a long time. You know, I never thought uh, about to becoming a fighter, like a professional MMA fighter. 
but just living the jiu-jitsu lifestyle, be able to learn how to teach. I was brown belt. I used to teach back in Brazil. Um, you know, I have a lot of people who learned from me in the, in the past, and they now are black belts under my teacher, uh, and they never forget the, the, you know, the good times, you know, the old and good times that I used to be teaching out there. They're very proud of me when they see me on TV, you know, in UFC or Bellator, uh, especially when somebody mentioned my name, like another, you know, a few times, a big John McCartney, um, was talk about me very highly, like, oh, you can tell this guy trained with Daniel Vanderlei, you know, like, dude, uh, it's like, I, I'm a big fan of Big John, you know, first time I see Big John, I was like, oh, man, can I have a picture with you? <laughs> so now, like, uh, you know, it's kind of normal to see him, you know, like, uh, uh, become a good friend and always make sure, I remember another day, one of my students fought in Chicago, uh, first fight, Bellator sometime giving you an opportunity to be, uh, to, to do your pro debut, you know, this preliminaries and i was there and then i saw the commentaries you know later it's like yeah you can tell this kid train with daniel vanderlei i was like my, my kid won by humbar <laughs> i was like yeah if big john talk about you you know if you mention uh, your name you are somebody in, in, in the fight uh fight world <laughs> that's awesome so, yeah but happy to be you know like uh, uh, seeing uh, uh, um the evolution of the sport the how it used to be back in the days when the Gracie first started. I was training with my son today. I was telling him how Horian uh, um, used to set up arm bars back in the day just with the hand on the chest. You yeah. know, how he used to pass the guard with the kind of like the reap choke holding your neck and stick the hand behind the back to break your guard. You can't do that now because, you know, like you're going to get triangle choke. People didn't know that triangle choke in the past. Uh, Dude, but, it's evolved so much. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy. You see, like, my son's a blue belt, dude, but uh, all he's been doing here, like, he, he'll hook the shit out of me. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, you know. Uh, I'm just playing. I'm, I'm old school. Uh, I like the IBJJF rules a lot, but uh, I, I really do competition. Uh, I, I did so much grappling competitions, and I fought five times as a pro in MMA, too. So when you at that level, uh, even when we train the geese, so he he'd go for heel hook, so never complain about it, try to get out, you know, or try to uh, or tap and just go start over again. It's not a big deal. Um, I think that's a uh, Hickson actually mentioned that if you don't tap, you don't learn, you know, so you need to, you don't want to get that. It's like a medicine. People don't like to take a medicine, but makes you better. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's a hundred percent true, man. It is, you got to take your medicine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's crazy how much it's evolved, I guess. And, and, and it's, and it's really, it seems like a long time maybe, but it's really not that it's 20 years. Yeah. It just grows so, so much and fast. Like I was telling friends in Brazil, I said, dude, uh, Jiu-Jitsu is so big in America that I believe in the next five years, it's just going to pass Brazil. Like I believe it, you know, it's not the fact that it's like people just fall in love with the sport and they dedicate so so much. You see that this new generation, you know. Um, last year, I got Gordon Ryan here at Rufus Sport for a seminar. I met him uh, before to a friend of mine, Uriah Faber, and uh, his friend, uh, his coach, jiu-jitsu coach, Fabio Prado. So we have the opportunity to train a little bit together. I was a little injury, actually. I escaped. I told him I'm going to escape from my ass walk today, <laughs> but I couldn't do much, you know, like if you're not healthy to train, so it's not work, you know, as much uh, you want to train with the best guy. And when he came in, actually it was the opposite. I was ready to train, but he was, uh, he had the knee surgery in which I was worried about the seminar and it was a great seminar. 
you know but uh, you see his brother his young brother he's a beast man i remember that kid as a blue belt that been black belt already uh, like my son i see my son i go to different places i go back to brazil i train at different academies i see my son catching black belts like that i couldn't catch him i was rolling with that guys before tough rounds and you know those kids are so sleek so much faster so uh, all this new uh, scramble you know what i mean that uh, it's just the the, the sports involved and never stops so we have to follow you know, and MMA is the same. Uh, being proven so much in the last seven years, I've been coached at a professional level, UFC level for seven years right now. And man, it's just like, it's different. You know, it's not the sport jujitsu. You know, right. that's what Duke brought me in. He, he used to see how you train for MMA and how we train for jujitsu. Uh, he knows how important it is to be able to hit people before I go for submission. Uh, it's funny that Rufus Sport is well known by striking, and most of our top fighters, most like it's very high. They have more submission than the knockouts. It's crazy. That's awesome. If you go in the numbers and you look at the records, you're gonna be like, oh my god! <laughs> but why? They hit them, they hurt them, and then boom, submit them. You know, like that's that's the uh, what I think it makes so much easy to use your jujitsu. You know, the same way that people say, oh, when you fight jujitsu guy. You punch him in the face, he turn a brown belt. You punch him in the face, turn a purple belt. So you demote the guy by hitting him. I believe in that. That's what I teach my guys. But don't forget that a good white belt can still break your heart. <laughs> yeah. So it go both ways, you know. Yeah. But it, you know, passing guard is a lot easier when you're punching somebody. There you go. Uh, I mean, not to say any of it's easy because you making know, a good example. Uh, you know, being trained with Anthony for so long and. And the higher level when you fight guys like Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson, um, sometimes you need to bring in the guys to give you that look. And um, we have a really good friend, that, you know, who's a really good jiu-jitsu guy uh, that trains in different gym. But we, you know, we invite him to come in to help in the camp. You know, Anthony um, actually pay him to roll and spar with him and do stuff like properly for the fight. And when he first came into the gym, like, dude, this kid is a beast, you know. But uh, – he was doing that jujitsu, sport jujitsu. And I was like, man, you're amazing. But now let's do this. Uh, let my guy just touch you. Every time he had opportunity to touch you, he's going to tag you. He's not going to hurt you, okay? Okay, boom. Round one start. In less than a minute, Anthony caught him in an armbar. But it wasn't an armbar, jujitsu armbar. It was like hanging, bam, 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 passing an armbar that he didn't expect. And like, holy shit, it's so much different. Uh, you won't see guys like... You know, I'm not trashing anybody, but I'm going to mention a big name like um, the Meows brothers. They are amazing. But if they fight like that in MMA fight, man, they're going to get their ass whooped. You know, like the, the you know, the spinning things, like when you uh, uh, don't know how to avoid the ground and pound, that's danger, man. That's when you see a guys with no jiu-jitsu background beat jiu-jitsu guys because the guys try to play the sport jiu-jitsu in MMA fights. And that's not going to happen, you know, like – I don't believe anybody can do what Hoist did back in the days now. Because well, everybody's seen. Everybody's yeah. seen it now, you know. I will say, like, I'm super impressed with how Ryan Hall has brought, like, his jiu-jitsu game. Oh, man, I love that kid, dude. He's amazing, right? I remember him. Pan Am's 2007. I went to a camp in uh, California. And Marcelo Garcia was, was there. Uh, Andre Galvan was there. Andre Govan was having a private lesson with him. He was purple belt. And, they, you know, that kind of – With Marcelo? That you, yeah. 
Oh no, with the uh, Galvao. Uh, oh. Ryan Hall was uh, was having a, a, a private with Galvao, and yeah. dude, that was a camp like forty some tough motherfuckers in the in the mat. And then I look at they was doing a private, they was doing a private, and finally they start rolling. And you know, not talking much, but I I saw that kid rolling like a monster with Andre Galvao, like, and the size was yeah. so much different. Uh, technique level, purple belt against a black belt. And I was like, man, this kid's going to be the next thing, you know? <laughs> like, uh, I remember seating and watching. I was like, holy shit. He's really good. I like him. Yeah, he's amazing. And he's like, I feel like he does stuff in with, he does stuff in MMA with jujitsu that you're like, ooh, I don't know yeah. if you want to do that. But he makes. Oh, I remember watching him in the IBJJF, all those like grappling tournaments. And also, if you look it up, his last fight, he actually beat that dude up on the feet. His striking is is getting it's yeah. it's getting good for it's, sure. I don't know what's going on with him that he doesn't fight very often, but he's uh, he's really good. I heard that he has a hard time getting people don't want to fight him. Yep, you're right because he hurt people with the uh, heel hooks. He's a small version of Palahadis. <laughs> right. But I, I think, remember Palahadis. Oh yeah, man, he's one of the scary. I mean, to, I'm, I would, I think one of the greatest jujitsu matches of all time was Gary Tonin versus him. I agree with you. That was a you know? good one. I have a good one to talk about him. Remember when he fought John Fitch? He fought Bruce John Mark Fitch at the World Series of uh, fighting. So when he became the the champion, I believe he was a champion there, right? Yeah, uh, he, is it? I don't know. No, I think it was just a fight. There was the Coleman event. I was with the kid out there who fought Lance Palmer, Ricky Glenn, uh, one of our students from Rufus Sport. He was the champion, actually. He lost the, the title that night. Um, we in the locker room, dude. Uh, Paula Harris was the Coleman event. We were in the main event. And Paula Harris was sharing the locker room with us, and he started warming up for his fight. Oh, my God. I look at him doing the things with his uh, – I don't think it was a coach or his training partner. Dude, he was hurt that guy. Leg locks from everywhere, from back position, from double leg, from single leg, whatever, you know, whatever position he had, he would go for leg lock from there. That was a seminar. I remember I was telling Duke, I was like, dude, I'm fucking recording everything in my mind. <laughs> like, but I felt bad because like at, by the time to walk out, uh, I don't know if it was a real coach. It wasn't jujitsu coach, I believe, but it was the guy from uh, Nogueras team. And dude, it was hurt, man. He couldn't fight, and he was like limping a little bit. <laughs> like, oh. And he knee bar fish like quick, bro. He finished him like quick. You know, we lost that match. Was it was a good experience to be in the locker room with someone like Palahadis. And I don't believe he's a bad guy. He really hold position to break people's leg. I believe he just is very humble. And sometimes he just like is that guy. He doesn't understand much English. So when the ref calls something, he just want to hold and make sure he wins. Yeah. You know, uh, you know. I don't know, man. I just uh, I don't like to judge people. I like his style because I'm a I'm a leg locker too. I love leg locks. And when he fought that, who well, he fought that he hold that Kimura, um, very good grappler too, from Diaz team. Oh, um, um, the American Jiu Jitsu guy. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, he fought Maya. He Jake fought Shields. Maya. Yeah, Jake Shields. Yeah, very nice guy actually. Right. Uh, when he fought him, you know, and people was complaining about, you know, he hold the uh, Jay Shields arm, but dude, you fight, you, you told me you're going to break my arm before the fight. That's what Jake Shields told him in the interview. He's like, man, if I had a chance, I will break his arm because he's a bad guy, blah, blah, blah. So I got your arm 
I had a chance to break your arm because he hold Nakamura. He never cracked Nakamura. And then people complain about him. The same arm that Paulo Hades had, had it. So he punched Paulo Hades in the face right after he let go with the same right. arm. If your arm was hurt, bro, you could. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I, have a, I have good memories. So yeah. I travel so much with so many fights. And sometimes I got the flashbacks from like long time ago. And I'm like, oh, you know, I saw that with my eyes. So don't. Don't tell me, <laughs> you know, yeah, like so it's when, true if you see when, it's true. Uh, but yeah. When Gary Tonin, that match, I remember before that match, I was like, oh my God, this is like so frightening. And uh, it was so, that's such an exciting, and I mean, actually Gary Tonin's had a couple of, of my favorite grappling matches, I guess. I um, love him, dude. I'm a big fan of him. Where he's he, doing uh, one FC right now. Ooh, he's just killing people. I would love to see him. I mean, man, he would. It'd be great to see him fight Kron in in MMA, or even Ryan Hall would be an amazing fight, right? Yeah. So it's just the organization is not, you know, will ever let that happen. Hopefully someday. I think. I mean, I don't know about money wise, but I I feel like he's probably getting paid in in Asia. Yeah. Asia's so big, right? Um, so dude, like, it's, it's so awesome that like you, when you, you know, you came over and like started living with Carlson and like, you had no idea and not, and, and I've seen you for all these years since I met you have been cornering guys in title fights and all these amazing fights, man. It's so awesome. I was going to be there in the, on the island this weekend, man, uh, ah. at the UFC 249 with my member, La Mohammed. So his opponent pulled out the fight week before the the week before the fight get canceled. So UFC start working on him and got in a new opponent. Uh, I was scary, but at the same time so excited. I'm like, dude, no one knows where's the freaking island. You know what I mean? Like, how are we gonna get there? Uh, you know, like who really gonna be able to go? He actually uh, asked me from you know. Uh, from my address, that UFC won't send everyone a coronavirus uh, uh, test, so to everybody be clear, uh, clean to go. And I don't know, we didn't even know where we we're gonna meet, you know, to get in a private airplane and go to this supposed private island. Uh, fights got canceled, uh, pretty, you know, pretty sad, but uh, at the same time, I was like kind of glad, you know, I'm like, damn, if that's the right thing to do, man. We have just to follow the rules, you know. I, I'm really like to follow up, um, you know, whatever. It's the, the priority, you know what I mean. So I got back home. I wasn't. I was back to back. I went to New Zealand for Paul Felder's fights when he fought at that incredible battle against um, Dan Hooker. You know, ninety percent of the people thought Paul won the fight. Unfortunately, you know, we fought in a some homeboy. Hometown yeah. boy, <laughs> but it, you know, not complain about it. it. Was a tough, you know, the fight was pretty good. Uh, uh, I think we we gained so much respect from the New Zealand people. Um, and Paul just his followers just blew and dude after that fight. Um, I wasn't where I was. I was back to back for almost five weeks. And that time when I got the call that the coronavirus really blew, and it was Saturday, no Friday, no Saturday. Yeah, we in connected cut for Bellator. When my man Menosesh is supposed to fight in that tournament, the featherweight tournament, his second fight, he won his first. 
Um, Beat Bull was in the same card. Uh, who else was in the card, dude? It was like a lot of good fights on Bellator. And we did the whole fight week with this problem, like the fight's going to happen and that's going to happen. First, they took all the the fans, no fans, uh, no media. And then later, okay, uh, now we just can't allow two coaches because uh, normally it's three coaches. Okay, we got two coaches. So we went downstairs at noon, get our wristbands, everything ready, go back, waiting like the, the report time was about like seven o'clock. I had three guys actually fighting that night. And uh, Manuel Sanchez, uh, Jordan Newman, and Fabio Aguiar from Brazil, uh, three important fights. And I was eating, and I got the text, like, uh, and Manuel's managed, like, dude, go to the room and pack, and we're going to get the fuck out of here right now. Fights are canceled. I was like, what? Dude, that was it was like, it's like a movie. Yeah, that was like four weeks ago. You know, so I just, like, left my food on the table. Ronnie <laughs> is like, uh, I heard that the casino, the what's the name of the casino it's the probably the mohegan sun yeah or foxwoods exactly the big one yeah and like uh, i guess they have like a uh, one person with the uh, um symptoms you know so everything was canceled due to everything things just get crazy and we kind of switch our flights get back home a day early <laughs> and and that's how how everything started you know i remember going to the gym one more day and Duke's just like, man, you know, the town, you know, the government just told us to shut it down. So we got to close the doors and let's see what's going to happen. That's what we at right now. Do some, you know, live uh, training uh, on our private page. You know, we keep in support the people who supported us right now. And it's been good, man. I'm honest with you. I, I was very scary. Uh, you know, never went through nothing like that in my life. And I see the support of people who are still working, you know what I mean? Like some people lay off of work right now, um, like me, you know, but uh, I still, you know, getting money for from the gym and for the people who support us. So this being, you know, I'm very grateful. I can't complain about it. It's definitely not all bad, man. I mean, there's a lot of positives that you can take out of this type of thing, right? And isn't that what jujitsu has kind of taught us? Like when times are tough, it's you can you can survive and 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 figure out figure a way out of it. Yep, I use that actually, man. In in personal life, you know, now is is the time that my we we in trouble. Somebody got your back, you know, with the hooks in. Right. Be patient. Wait for the right moment, <laughs> you know. Like don't uh, panic. Exactly. If you panic, you're going crazy. Uh, that's why the 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 president in Brazil wants everybody to get out of the house and do things just so people don't get crazy and um, so depressed and start doing crazy shit. You know, uh, I don't know. The weak people will commit the suicide. You know, they think that you know it's the end of the world or something like that, and you know. But um, the positive side, man, that's what I, I was, I was going to put that on Facebook another day. I said, can anybody tell me the one positive thing about this situation and see what, you know, people will write in my comments just to, to know, you know, uh, how everybody feel right now. The, the people from our community, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, it's a pretty scary thing, man. I have a five-year-old boy that I was like, man. Is that is like the end, you know, it's going to come in soon and I'm not going to see my son growing up, you know, like the, my little one, you know. I'm like, damn. But the positive side right now is being home, enjoying more of your family, you know, being healthy and be able to do this, what we're doing right now, dude. Like, uh, can you imagine if this 
uh, coronavirus was like damn 20 years ago. <laughs> no internet, you know, no Netflix, no whatever. Yeah. Yep. So we can, we can say we're blessed, man. You know, like, yeah. I think God make that happen to make people appreciate more because if you look up the in Brazil, it's already it is people notice that it's less pollution right now. Yeah, the rivers, you know, from factories, from things. I know it's affecting the economy right now, affecting the other sides, but it's like it's something that it has to happen, man. So for a reason, so. I'm just going with the flow, whatever happens. So we keep rocking, you know, keeping, trying to do our best. All over the world, I think you see less pollution, less. Uh, yeah, it's more animals outside yeah. right now. It's like, dude, it's, it's amazing. You know, uh, it was crazy. You know, I was playing so many things that like, I got seminar cancels, fights, uh, not being able to, you know, do things like, man, I just becoming a, uh, for 11 years, I was fighting so hard, uh, not fighting, fighting, but, you know, doing the deal with the situation with my my paperwork here, my uh, green card with my family, you know, and, and they came in, came through a week before the coronavirus. <laughs> you know, so happy because, you know, if you don't have your um, your papers, you know, and everything here in America, when you're an immigrant, it's like you, you, you're not going to be able to get any benefits if you need it. So yeah. I'm very thankful for life. It took me a while, you know, a long time. Some people just get here, get married, and get papers right away. To me, I brought my family with me. So um, it took me uh, time and a lot of work and money, too. So uh, I really appreciate a lot what the, the country, Americans, have been doing for me. That's yeah. awesome. Man. Congratulations, so, brother. Yeah, thanks. So I also feel like, right, isn't it, isn't when you, when you go through hard times, right, it sucks, but it's also the time when you grow, right? And you come out the other side and everything is so much better. I really believe in that. <laughs> my son, my little one, come here, half up. Come in, man, yeah. <laughs> Say hi. Hi. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Good. <laughs> All right. How old are you? How old are you? Five. 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 Are you have you you go to kindergarten sometimes or no? He's going soon. <laughs> next year, next maybe. Year. Yeah. Nice. You doing jujitsu already? No, I was doing my homework. Oh, I'm right I now. did I did do my homework already. Yeah. But can, I want you to see something. Yeah, I need to talk to my friend here for a little more and I will go yeah. talk to you, okay? Yeah, man. And my little guy, he just changed my life too. That's why I was like, damn, with this crazy situation, I was just like, man, my little one, my little one. Yeah. I mean, you I know, got a, We got an eight-year-old daughter um, who, uh, you know, it's hard for kids of that age because they don't get to go play with their with their friends, you know, for and to get to see them. And but as much as you try to explain, they won't understand, you know. No. Why I cannot play with my friends? Oh, because you can you have a risk to get sick. No, but why? 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 <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We try. So I feel you know my wife is home with her and and so she's working and and with the soap thing and uh, but also like has to like homeschool eight year old kid who's cooped up and ready to go. You know. How's the company now doing, man? Uh, we, Good, man. She, yeah. Everybody should get in, you know, buy the, the Tortuga soap right now. <laughs> Wash <laughs> your hands, get everything clean. That's you right. Know, clean your hands, up, people. 
Yeah. Uh, no, it's doing very well, and she does a great job of like uh, of making soap that's really good, but also like looks cool. It's like little works of art, man. Yeah, send, you guys doing a good send job. Send you some man. out, brother. Yeah, next, by, next time you're in Connecticut for fights, you gotta hit hit me up, man. We'll hang yeah. out. It's like traveling so much. Sometimes I forget that I have right. friends in you know some areas. Like another day, a friend just hit me up. I'm like, man, you lie by me and you're not gonna hit me up. I'm like, dude, I totally forgot. <laughs> it happens. I'm man. sorry. <laughs> right, you get busy, yeah. uh, especially like now that there's fight cards, multiple really? fight cards every weekend. Dude, last year from October to November, uh, yeah, from September to November. I was, um, I was in, in one point, I was in six, six different fight weeks in six, six different countries. So nuts. Like my, the jet lag hit, you know, hit me so hard and I didn't know when it was night, morning, like crazy, man. Like, wake up, we got a train now. Like, whoa, what time's it? <laughs> but uh, I mean, you are really blessed though, like to get, to be in that position, you know? That, I am, I am. I can't complain. It's just yeah. tough on the family. For sure. Uh, jiu-jitsu is my life you know we have a huge jiu-jitsu program at rufus sport dude like when i start over there they had a few jiu-jitsu coaches before a few you know different guys but uh i really brought the vibe the the good environment i changed my mentality from old school to um uh i just want to evolve with the sport you know i have in like all kind of people train with us you know what i mean like from four year old to 65 year old is my 66 i believe the oldest guy in the gym you know i believe the gym because i just do jesus now i don't want the gym so i don't look for numbers uh that crazy you know of course i do my best to keep the students and to sign new people all the time when they come in for first class be you know but i'm a salary guy so i make the same money um but you know, I know how important it is to treat people well, to make people comfortable, to make people happy. The most important, you know, like not everybody go to jujitsu is because they want to fight or they have to get ready for something or they have to be in good shape. So I figured that out, man. And Duke's been very happy with our program. You know, we blow most like, people. Most yeah. people come for other reasons, right? For like therapy or uh, yep, this is you know, you know, stress. You know, like. Uh, uh, just to see people like uh, to me is like uh, I remember I have kids doing jujitsu that they couldn't talk to the other kids and later you see this kid just like interacting communicating much better and you know as the main benefits in jujitsu is not physically it's mentally you know so when you figure that out and you do apply that on your life and you're uh, try to always leave the bad things outside you know my problems when I walk to the gym big smile you know treat everybody good and train hard. We train hard, but we don't train hard with people who is not preparing for that kind of training. You know, so it's like you're gonna see Anthony. Anthony Pettis, he earned his black belt in a 5 p.m. class, what we call the fundamental class, like in front of like 30 white belts. <laughs> it probably he was the higher belt at the gym uh, beside of me. You know, like at that class, uh, it was him and a couple, another couple blue belts who just come in that class and like he earned his black belt. He was brown. He like surprised in front of the, all the white belts. Like, man, is Anthony Pettis getting his black belt right now? <laughs> you know, I kind of do this kind of surprise people, you know, like. Yeah. But the people there will never forget that ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Ashley, I was, uh, Anthony was saying one time that he really likes to get back when he got back from fight. 
he don't start the camp right away with the fight team. He goes to jiu-jitsu class or kickboxing class. And he started playing with the regular students. Just have fun. Because it's not fun when you just, like, folks on the business side. I got to fight hard. I got to, you know, when you come back, you need to find the uh, happenings again and, and at the gym. Otherwise, you don't want to do that. You know, a guy like him who has been training since he was, what, like, nine year old you know in taekwondo maybe earlier than that i don't remember when he started training it's kind of burned sometimes and you don't yeah. want to stay in that intensity you know what i mean he's fighting cowboy right now do you see that no dude uh, may 9 is supposed to be the first event one month or less than a month or a month right now so no he's kidding. supposed to connie ferguson's fighting gaichi we don't know where the fight's at right. uh, but i just got a call and you know what i mean like like dude the fight's on and i'm like <laughs> we gotta we gotta get this little private training going yeah and i mean uh, how's he gonna train it's gonna be uh, uh we already weird, started right it's just like a private you know what i mean like three people max and you know coaches uh, mm -hmm. you know like we don't know if the event's really gonna happen uh because the other this weekend they get canceled on so we're right. supposed to have the big fights, but if you look at the fight card, they just announced today, actually. Oh, last night. Yeah. If you look up, it's a lot of big fights. Uh, um, Tony Ferguson still on the card. Um, Gaethje's fighting him. Khabib's not going to fight. And I think uh, Ben Rockwell was fighting too, or Jacare. Uh, it's, it's a lot of good fights. I just looked at the card yesterday, but I don't remember everybody. But it's, uh, it's going to be uh, a surround and Pettis too. Cause they already fought back in the days yeah uh wow so you got a month yeah less than a month <laughs> right. so i'm excited too if that happens i don't know if the fight's gonna be in the islands gonna be uh, somewhere some like uh, india reservation i don't know man I, i'm just like whatever uh, one thing i can guarantee is like they're not gonna do anything crazy stupid and try to get people sick they're gonna be uh, very well organized and uh, uh, well prepared to taking care of everybody's healthy. You know, that's, I believe you're super professional. I, we were just talking to John Anik like a week ago or a couple weeks ago now. And, and at the time the Khabib fight, they were still trying to make it happen. And, uh, and he was, you know, you hear about how, like, I mean, I forget if it was him that just said, like, if they did make that fight happen, they felt like they were going to be safer in that arena at that fight than anywhere else. Like, like the UFC is not playing games with that. Yeah. With what well, they're becoming a professional, look, I've been in fights from backyards fights into the UFC title fights, uh, Bellator title fights, uh, World Series of fighting title fights. Uh, you know, i never seen an organization so well-prepared like a UFC. They are very professional, man. They're taking care of everybody, even the coaches. Like the coach, we are the, the guys, the last guys who supposed to take, to, you know, taking care of, but they they always super nice to us, man. The staff is awesome. I cannot complain. I'm not complaining on any other ones. It's just like it's, it's different level, you know. It's like when you go into jiu-jitsu tournaments and you go into IBJJF Worlds. It's like it's, it's different, you know. Uh, I can do any jiu-jitsu tournament, but I, I will never call myself a world champion if I don't want the worlds at the I, in the IBJJF. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you go into like you, said, you go to Pans or Worlds, and it's it's yeah. a different level for sure. Different level for sure. It's pro more professional. Um, 
and not to say there's not good stuff in all the different tournaments that are coming out now and all that. No, sometimes you see more exciting matches, you know. It's like it's no, no. Uh, I'm not, you know, trying to put anybody down, but you know, it's the league, like. Right. You know, like when you talk about basketball, NBA, you talk about, you know, like when you talk about MMA, you know, it's like uh, uh, UFC is the, the number one. Even people think like they, you know, I, I don't believe like when I heard people saying that fight with the uh, Saron and um, Mike Gregor was, oh, man, that was a joke. You know, like I think Saron got money to lose that fight. Mm -hmm. I saw some people saying that. I was like, bro, that ain't crazy. Right. You know how bad Saron wants to whoop that ass, bro? <laughs> like, you have no idea. <laughs> Out of all the people to accuse of, of throwing a fight, yeah. he is the last guy. It's easy, brother, to blame when you never went through. I only fought five times, but I'd be in the corner. I'd be uh, like I see my guys win championships. I seen guys get defeated in championship, losing their championship belts and go straight to the hospital or even winning fights like Paul Felder won two fights in a row and he went to the hospital both fights with a very serious damage. You know what I mean? Like uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a crazy sport, man. You know, I really respect all those guys so much and the people who don't understand it just like try to blame people, criticize people. And instead of to be like, but at the end, they all get really hyped when, when the fights happen, you know, they can blame, criticize. I see Anthony on the way up, everybody loving. And when he started losing, everybody hated him. And he started winning again, everybody loving again. I'm like, mm -hmm. look at this, two loss, man. You know, uh, he was, he felt so bad when he fought the Ferreira in the last one. And I said, bro, Ferreira is like a kid from Amazon, bro. He grew up playing with the, uh, uh, pythons and alligators you know right. I mean? he's doing jiu-jitsu since he was five year old so it's nothing to feel bad about it lose to a guy like that you know it's like oh my jiu-jitsu i'm your jiu-jitsu coach my man and you know i'm proud of you it's like you got tapped this, this shit's gonna happen you know he he tapped benson hand is someone he was blue belt benson never got submitted before he tapped uh gilman melinda who never got submitted before people talk about his fight against rda that he lost that fight you know, he was the champ, and he got the champion mentality at that point, you know, when things coming up. But look at this. Dosanja just lost the fight to Michael Chiesa, right? Did you see how Anthony, what Anthony did with Michael Chiesa? Right, right. It's not, it doesn't all add up. The fights, yeah, like uh, the, the fans are so crazy. Like when the Ronda Rousey lost, everybody tried to blame her in the last, uh, in the second loss. Oh, because she's not the same. I'm like, guys, I remember months ago, you like, you know, right. just love her, and now you're hating her. Like, come on, guys. Um, it, it is what it is, you know. That's what the sport brings to the table. People want to see exciting, you know what I mean? People talking, the trash talking. I don't like that. I like to see good fights, right. you know, good finishes. So uh, we're looking forward for this next one. And we got a lot of guys in the line, too. They're just waiting, waiting. Sergio Perez just left UFC. I don't know if you saw the his Bellator fight. Not too long ago, he got a great fight. He, man, dude, uh, people was telling me that he won the fight twice because he knocked the dude out that guillotined him. <laughs> the referee. I feel like I, there's so many fights that I'm like, I feel yeah. like I remember seeing it. You know what I mean? That's uh, what happened to me now. I know a lot about our fighters, but like the fight cards, I can't remember everybody like I used to because of so many events. So many fighters, too. It's crazy. It's good uh, for one side. It's growing. Everybody can feel their family the way they like it. You know what I mean? Like I'm being very blessed to train people 
who fight in the high level in UFC or people who just join UFC. Like we got some, um, uh, a, a kid, I think, you know, I call him a kid. He's a man for sure, but you know, he's 24. He's a, I'm 40. So I see these young guys and then they all look like a kid to me. Uh, Brandon Allen, man, he's a beast, bro. Two and oh, in UFC. Like, uh, I seen this kid coming from, you know, like an LFA uh, when he first joined us as another jiu-jitsu black belt under me. He was a brown belt already for a long time, and he joined us for, I think, three years ago. And he's been doing really good, man. Like, amazing. Another another uh, a point that I, I really like in my, my career as a coach is, like, see guys who start making nothing and they start doing okay or – stepping on a big show in the UFC to start their career, you know what I mean? Or, you know, like a guy like Emmanuel Sanchez, he's in a million-dollar tournament right now. I remember him fight for $200, brother, you know. And we went to Israel when he fought Pitbull for the title. Unfortunately, we came short. Uh, it was a split decision, you know, but uh, Pitbull couldn't come back home from Israel. He has to stay in the hospital. He won a fight, but he stayed there for two extra days. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanchez is a beast. <laughs> We're going to have a chance to rematch soon. You win the next nice. fight, so he will rematch with the champ. <laughs> um, what are you, so what are your goals now, man, and all this stuff? Like, what do you got for goals? Uh, my goal now, man, is uh, what I'm looking for right now is just go through this situation and make sure we get back to normal. That's the first thing with the gym. You know, I know the fight's going to happen actually before – because we don't need the fans and with all this technology now, with all this uh, uh, lives, you know, or pay-per-view. So they're going to start promote that early. But uh, my goal is get back to normal life to be able to teach my regular people, the people who miss me, the people who message me. Um, like, you know, people just showing a lot of, a lot of love for jujitsu now. I see like a white belt, for example, a, a couple also, you know, train together and go post a picture. I'm like, man, I really miss the gym with Professor Daniel, roof for sport, uh, great environment. You know, I can't wait to get back. Uh, that's what my goal number one now is get back to normal because my family is the most important to me, but I'm with my family right now, like full time. Uh, my goal is just get back to the gym, start working again and compete too, man. I can't wait to get back. And you know, my son, he had a, uh, competition Pan Ams get canceled remember right. it was in the yeah. same week I could do I was in Connecticut and my son was going to take off to um, California to compete in Pan Ams and everything get canceled get crazy I miss competing so much too because uh, it just keep me it's something that keep me motivated you know so when I can't compete, when I'm healthy, I go and I do. Uh, last year, I was able just to do a couple, three competitions, one super fight, at the fight to win. And uh, I went to the first Israel um, Tel Aviv Open, IBJJF. I was so surprised um, and happy to see how the sport grows so much in Israel, man. It was a big competition. A lot of good guys, a lot of good black belts out there. I was very How'd you end impressive. up there? Um, How'd you end up doing that? Um, first time I went with Manny for the fight in Bellator when he fought for the title. And right after that, people saw us, you know, and really like us. And uh, four fighters from Israel came to Bel uh, to Rufus Sport to train with us for three weeks. And they just become friends and they really like me. And one guy just like, man, I'm going to make a connection to bring you there to do a seminar and to help us because 
two of those guys, uh, three actually fought in Bellator in Israel, the next, the, the, the next event. And they brought me in. So I was there for five days, uh, just, you know, training, teaching in uh, at the academy out there, um, jiu-jitsu and MMA. And I set up, I was, I was very uh, coincidence to the, the first Israel, uh, Tel Aviv is the city, the capital, I believe, uh, Tel Aviv Open was happening the same weekend. So I asked the dude if I could sign up, you know, I came in and said, okay, if it's Saturday, I can compete in the tournament. And he like, yeah, of course. I was in a no-gi environment. They had gi and no-gi. I just did no-gi. And thank God I got double gold <laughs> out there. Fought some Brazilian guys. And look, I fought Brazilians in, in, in Israel. I fought the guy from Israel. And I fought the guy from Mexico in Israel. <laughs> That's, so That's how you know how people fly. Like they, they make a trips, long trips, just to go compete in the best tournaments, dude. Uh, That's how IBJJF. It's like you pay to compete, yeah. But when you... When you win those big tournaments, uh, people recognize you as a jiu-jitsu champion, you know. So I'm pretty, pretty – I never won Worlds. I got three silvers, one bronze at the Nogi Worlds. Hit the bar multiple times. But I won tournaments that people who uh, won the Worlds never won. You know, the Brazilian National. Uh, I'm a two-time Pan-American Nogi champion. Um, man, is American National three times. You know, it's some titles that I beat world champion, but I never won a world championship. <laughs> Is that crazy? Yeah, but man, you're living, uh, you're living the dream. You know what I mean? Like, look at this, like, right, right? Here, my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I definitely, you know, I miss training for sure. But like, the big thing that I started to miss the most right off the bat was like the community of of jujitsu. You know, and and so. Luckily, I have this, and I can talk to people about jujitsu, and it makes me feel better. That's um, but, nice. but that's the that's the most maybe the biggest part of my life, I guess, the community. You know? Yeah, it, it's just like man. Uh, um, I have friends from different gyms, you know, from different academies. That sometimes we have to face each other. But uh, uh, I think that's what jujitsu brings to people. The 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 good the environment is so different. You know, of course that we have like a you know uh that the, the what we call in brazil the peoples you know the guys who try to use jiu-jitsu to you know uh instigate fights and other stuff but that's not the what jiu-jitsu uh, uh was taught to that person you know it's just your personality you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it's not it, it's nothing that i've uh with jiu-jitsu it's like if you're a bad guy man you're gonna be a bad guy with jiu-jitsu without jiu-jitsu you know like it doesn't matter i think actually jiu-jitsu helps you I have a I have a very good experience in my life, uh, and a couple of years ago, um, they don't want I every time I go back to Brazil to my hometown, so I got invited to teach uh, the special force what they call the Bobby. Um, I don't know if you ever see the movie the Elite Squad. So I've, that, well, I've heard of those guys though. They're like the like Man the in black the guys who's just yeah. been uh, those guys are, are amazing. Like when I every time I go out there to, to teach. You know, I just know, like, all my knowledge is, like, nothing compared to what they do, man. Like, they, they are real ones. They, they give their life for, the, for the, the community, you know what I mean, from people there. It's crazy. When, I, when I'm there, I just want to be one of those guys. I, I really want to join them so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I've been doing seminar for rehabilitation in the prison. That's that crazy. 
Yeah. So one of my good friends is just like, man, I never see any jujitsu guy go into prison and do a, uh, you know, work for rehabilitation with the prisoners. And um, it's it's something in between the sport and the the church. You know, is a program uh, because a lot of people commit crimes. You know, but sometimes they really kind of like, you know, they feel bad. They they really want to be becoming a good person. You know, depends what kind of crime you commit you able to join that program and I was able to go to that prison twice and, you know, just be able to speak with the guys and teach some moves, but not like a really fighting, but jujitsu, you know, talk about the sport, how the sport saved lives. And I was able to do that in a prison and I was able to do some similar, even more important with the guys in that level of, uh, we call the elite squad, you know? So the squad, um, those guys are well known by not wasting one bullet. You know, if you mm. shoot someone, you got to put that body down. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it was the jail. Was, was the prison in Recife? Uh, yeah, in my state, not in my town, but in the state. Actually, one of the prisons is the mo the one the most uh, did that the the best. Actually, last year they was the best one at rehabilitation. You know what I mean? So they they. They actually make like a, a article with me. I was inside there. They asked me questions, you know, like um, how can the sport benefits those guys? You know what I mean? And, and I really believe like sport changed lives, you know, especially jujitsu when you learn all this discipline because uh, you walk in, it's very intimidated, right? You're going to see the other uh, prisoners out there and it's like people can see you, can look at you, you know, and it's crazy. The Brazilian uh, uh, prisons is it is really crazy, you know. So, uh, be in the news, you know, like guys fighting with knives and crazy shit, and like people with cell phones inside of the the prison. But uh, I had a great, great experience, and I was able to see that how um, the jujitsu can actually motivate some of those guys to be a good person and try to do make a difference. You know what I mean? So it was cool. I'm I'm using jujitsu on other sides right now. I'm not just just teaching people how to fight, self defense, or me competing. I'm trying to help people in their life uh, through jujitsu. You know, using jujitsu to help along with. I'm really believing God, so I think this is a good thing to do. You know, so when you when you do something to help the others, you know what I mean. Like uh, you make God happy. <laughs> you, it, you make you make yourself feel better you make god happy you make other people happy like it's just like a when you do if you can this is something i've been thinking about a lot during the last few weeks and you know it, if you can just do positive things obviously it just grows out into this like web of uh and i think that we all have a responsibility to use jujitsu for that, for good, right? Like, you know, it's not that. just for fighting. It's not just for that. It's about, I just talked to a guy um, who's a purple belt. We just had him on the podcast a couple weeks ago. He's a purple belt from East St. Louis, Missouri. He, he goes to other countries and like teach, helps him set up jujitsu programs and does MMA and stuff like that. And, but he also like teaches them how to run businesses and grow stuff and like turns them into the self-sustaining thing. And he's done it in Africa. Wow. He's done it all over the world. It's amazing. It's super inspirational. Yep. I really, I really appreciate people like that because you know, like 
you understand that jiu-jitsu is a business in brazil a lot of people don't don't take that way you know unfortunately but i understand that when i would start doing and teaching and i was never you know my life my financial uh, situation was always kind of like tight when i was young and then i was like try to figure it out like now nah, man jiu-jitsu is awesome but we have to to do jiu-jitsu uh the the right way i call actually the american way man because you know it's business we don't go just all about business but it's business first if you don't make that way you can't leave the door you know you you gotta close the doors you know everybody wants to train but like especially your friends they're all like oh man you have a gym you know can i just go there and train like the real ones will support you <laughs> you know like you're a professional that's what you do for a living that's how you put the food on your table so you have to you know, really take as a, 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 in the business side, you know, but I learned that right away in America, you know, Carson taught me that too. Uh, his son, Carson Jr. is the guy, um, because I, I don't train with Gutenberg consistent anymore. So my first, my second and third degree in my black belt came from Carson. And also next month, uh, April and June, I'm going to become a fourth degree black belt nice. in 14 years. I'm very, very happy. But you know, it's 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 the same. If you Carson give my 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 next uh, degree, you know, it's like you know, Gutenberg's the guy who gave my black belt. A lot of people call me, oh, he's a Carson Grace black belt. No, no, I'm a Gutenberg Mello, uh, my Jiu Jitsu black belt. I'm very proud of my coach, his lineage. Uh, I heard so many good things about him after I come to America from guys like uh, Murillo Bustamante, uh, Ricardo Laborio. Uh, the Depredators, uh, dude, all those big MMA guys, uh, big MMA coach or former champions, um, they talk pretty pretty good about my profession, and I'm so proud of them, you know, be proud of my lineage. I, I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand that, too. Like, all the big – or not all the big teams, but a ton of the big teams all came from Carlson. Yep. Uh, I still, man, like everywhere I go, I see someone that, you know, at least had a little uh, connection, you know, with the, the Carson tree or even like, the, the grace, you know, the grace in general. You know, I have good friends. Um, for example, my, my friend uh, Tusa from uh, Jackson Wank, you know what I mean? It's John's, you know, like uh, um, all the, the good fighters out there. Uh, but when we go California, Team Alpha Male, Fabio Prado, Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt, uh, Carson Gracie Lineage, and you go American Top Team, all those guys from Carson Gracie, you know, Pahupa, uh, man, it's, it's, it, it, you go back in Brazil, Novo Nial, Andre Perineros, who is a Black Belt on the Carson. Man, who else? It's so many. Marcelo Alonso, right? You, you yeah, Marcelo Alonso. Exactly. Very good, good guy. Man, he's a great professor, too. I had the opportunity to teach a seminar at his place. Nice. He invited me once. He's a friend of, of mine. And um, dude, I had a great time. But ending up, me learning so much from him. <laughs> I was there to teach the seminar, and then, you know, I learned so much from that guy. He's a, he's a great uh, jiu-jitsu professor. I really I like him. I was super lucky to meet. I met him, hung out with him, went out to dinner, and uh, I've never rolled with him. But like, man, I was like, I'm, I'm like, this is the nicest guy ever. And then I talked to a friend of mine who's like, he's like, man, he's the meanest dude around. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's super nice. He's like, do you roll with him? I said, no. He's like, oh, you don't want to roll with him. Yeah, the old school guys, they, they, you know, 
now those days I call the dirty digits. <laughs> when I teach the move, the little mean things, I say, guys, this is the dirty part of jiu-jitsu. Right. You know, uh, I try, I try to make a kind of sounds like fun. You know what I mean? Funny things for people to be happy learning, but I don't do that. I will explain the uh, thing that I learned from Carson that it's pretty like a brutal. And I said, look, I won't do that to my teammate, but if I'm in a tournament, so I would throw that at my opponent just because, you know, it's a it's different different vibe, you know what I mean? Like it's a war vibe. So you got to, unfortunately, uh, all the good vibes that come in jiu but when you're competing, you have to, to fight, but never be dirty, like cheat on that fight and be always respectful. Uh, man, I, I become friends with the guys who defeat me. You know, I have no problem with that. And some guys that I defeat, they just don't want to deal with me. And it's kind of weird, you know, like, uh, I just think every time you step on a mat, you get better somehow, uh, no matter what happened out there, you know, being, it's a guy that I beat it three times. And this guy came to me once. I'm like, man, I'm not going to compete again. You beat me three times. I look at him. I said, bro, I'm going to tell you something. I'm the only guy who beat you three times. You're like, yeah. I said, okay, I had three guys who beat me three times. <laughs> so if that's going to make you quit, bro, like, don't quit. <laughs> you I'm never know. Team. Maybe next time you can beat me. Right. You got to keep trying. Give me very hard matches. All the matches I went three times, bro, three advantage. Like, right. all three times by advantage points. He was tough. Um, from uh, Pedipano. You know Pedipano? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a tough dude. Not him, but one of his black belts. And um, he just does motivate, you know, like, man, I was so close, blah, blah, blah. I said, bro, let's go, man. I think it was right before Pan Ames once when he told me that. I said, no, bro, you're going to compete. Go, you know, don't fucking give up. Because if you give up, if you're afraid to lose, you're already a loser. You right. know, I competed at Worlds last year at uh, Nogi Worlds. I swear to God, I was having uh, my preparation. I did the Israel, uh, Tel Aviv Open. It was right before. And I have a fight to win match. In between that uh, was my second one, actually. I was so excited, and I hurt myself. And I, I hurt myself. I couldn't train for four weeks. And two, I quit the fight and fight to win. You know, I got to pull out of the fight. And I was focused on the big goals of become the world champion. Uh, and the Nogi, that's the title that I really wanted. And I wanted, I'm going to get it one day. <laughs> you know, but uh, I hurt myself, and I couldn't compete. At the fight to win, I was pushing, just rest, rest. Two weeks before Worlds, I felt a little better. And I was like, man, I'm going to train. I did like probably like four spar sessions, four, four sessions. And that's it. I went to Worlds and I lost in the first match. And I look at me, I'm like, man, I was sad. I was sad. But I look at myself, I'm like, dude, I'm not fucking sad, man. I just came here to the best, one of the best jiu-jitsu events in the world. And I had the opportunity to be here. How many people want to be here just to step on this uh, place right here and be able to see all those good jujitsu guys and I was here competing so that means a lot to me you know like uh, I have a, a heart of champion but uh, um, I'm also so humble when I got defeated and I think it's just like uh, that happens for a reason and you know I didn't prepare myself but I didn't go into Facebook and bitching around like yeah I lost because I didn't do this and this like a lot of people <laughs> uh, <laughs> be doing but it's, I just lost in my first match on the next one Thank God for the opportunity. That's fine. Because and really, like, failure, you know, I feel like failure is a, is a good thing if you treat it as a good thing, right? Like, 
it's just another stepping stone unless you let it unless you you know it's like if you if you quit because of the failure then it really truly yeah, is failure. how you take it you know the, the 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 how you take that defeat you know the loss and like uh, i see like well, that happened to fighters some fighters just lost a fight pretty bad and of course you know in the fight you can get hurt really bad they can be like you can feel in that pain not in your body but in your heart because you have the memories you know for those bad moments and it, it makes you don't want to fight again sometimes you know even the tough as hell but it, it, everybody has fear you know Higgs and Gracie used to say oh, people think I'm not you know I have fear when I'm fighting you know what I mean I, I have like a, you know the butterflies in my stomach <laughs> people don't know that I just don't let my opponent and the people uh, 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 can see that on me, you know what I mean? And try to hide the emotions, you know what I mean? And then uh, it was a cool video that I see from Hickson uh, back in the days. I was like, man, um, he's so strong here. That's why nothing's going to break you, you know what I mean? Back in the days, he used to go to the uh, Carson Grace Academy to train people. Just the old school guys know about it because he used to just smash everybody in every place he goes, you know, and there was one guy back in the days who give him a trouble, one of Carson's students. So Hickson will go there just to train with that guy just to get better. Yeah. You see the mentality? He could be running away from that guy because he didn't want that guy, maybe the other people who see the training session and talk like, oh, he, this guy beat Hickson today, whatever. He will go there and just make sure he wants to train with that guy because that was the guy who could push him to make him better. So that's how... Um, I think, you know, my mentality is all about that. I make the guys train with the better guys. Uh, don't worry about an ego, you know. It's hard, yes. You don't want to tap. You don't want to lose that round. But that makes you win, man. I, I know a champions here. Like Emmanuel Sanchez is one of those guys. You can come here and spar with him. You can beat him in sparring once. One round you win and you feel so good. You don't want to see Emmanuel across the, the, the cage in the fight night. <laughs> it's a different guy. When he knows the second check, because one check is guaranteed, right, to show money. When he knows the other guy wants to take the second check and wants to hurt him bad, like with the bad intention, because in the fight, he, he's going to try to knock each other out. He looks like, okay, now I'm not Emmanuel Sancho anymore. I'm become the Matador. <laughs> That's his nickname, El Matador. <laughs> so, well, because you see the opposite of that sometimes, right? You see some guys that, like, treat the gym as as a competition and yeah got to yeah. win in the gym. the gym we call the gym champions gym champions the gym, but they can't win in a big fight right because they don't they don't get better they they don't get you don't get better that way right in jiu-jitsu this is very common so many great jiu-jitsu uh, uh um i don't want to call competitors because they just train for fun and they can do so good in class but if they try to compete, they can't perform that way. It's something just mental. They can't, you know, adrenaline. They can't control the adrenaline, something like that. That happened to me my beginning of my blue belt uh, career. I went to fourth competition. I was very good in the gym, and I lost four in a row. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I'm like, damn, everybody tell me at the gym I'm pretty good, and I'm not winning. But I was like, my first tournament, I was fresh blue belt, and I compete with the guy who was blue belt for four years. Yeah. So it makes a big difference, you know, when you just, I started just as a uh, 21, you know, so I got my blue belt and I was facing the guys like who been trained since I was 16 year old, you know, there was like yellow, orange or like, because that time uh, the, 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 the belt system was a little different. 
you know, I believe it when you're 16, you're still getting your yellow belt, you know, and later they changed the rules. But I, I remember like the tough matches, you know what I mean? Like blue belt, boom, boom, boom. You know, I'm like, damn, you know what? When I become the older, the oldest with blue belt in the tournaments, that was pretty good. Cause I remember I walk in the tournament and that time, no computers, all the, the, all the brackets was on the wall, right. you know, <laughs> by, a, by a pen, you know. And they look at me like, man, you're still blue? You know, before, <laughs> before I, I dressed to, to compete. And I'm like, yeah, like, I, want, I was blue belt only for two, two and a half years. But, like, when it was after two years, I was the tough blue belt. I was winning, and then I won a lot of tournaments. And everybody was complaining about me being the sandbag. You know, I'm like, bro, I used to compete with the guys, like, with four year four years of blue belt, you know what I mean? Like guy, my first tournament, I'm telling you, this guy's name was, was Tornado, the nickname, and he just came back from Worlds in Brazil because back in the day the Worlds used to be in Brazil, and he took second place in the blue belt division. Uh, he won like I believe it was eight matches. He was a middleweight. He won eight matches, and then the, the nine match, the, the finals, he was beating a guy. He passed this dude's guard. Straight to mount, and the dude Ezekiel him, so he was winning by point, and he passed out because ah. you know. And the number nine, he fought ninety times to to take second place, and that was my first blue belt tournament. This dude whooped my ass. I remember <laughs> he pulled guard, sweep me, mount me, and then fake a choke. When I tried to defend the choke, he armbar me. <laughs> I was like, man, you know. But uh, learning, you know, learning. Uh, I enjoy my time. That's where my son, uh, where my son at right now. You know, he's just turned eighteen, but he's been competing in adult division in a small tournaments. So all those like grappling tournaments. He's been fighting like purple brown belts and beating purple and brown belts. But when you go on IBJJF Worlds, man, it's another kid like him that he always like second, you know, first or third. He's always in the podium. But dude, those like three or four kids, uh, they are amazing. You know uh, the kid uh, that most of the people don't want to fight him, the Galvan? No. Mikael, Mikael Galvan? No. The purple belt. He just fought with the black belt from Russia. And there's another kid who trained at his gym too. His name is Diogo Race. Those kids in 2019 and 2018, um, actually Mikael, didn't, he won the what they call the, the Grand Slam. They both won the Grand Slam in Jiu-Jitsu. All the uh, European, Pan Am's, Worlds, uh, National, uh, Brazilian National, and uh, Pan American, something like that. You got the Grand Slam. So my son was the only one who scored points in one of those kids in the year. You know, and the, so those guys are from Atos. Um, actually, they not. They from um, it's not the Rotula brothers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are good, but those kids actually beat the Rotolos, dude. <laughs> One of those kids, Mikael. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, I have a picture of my son with the uh, with Ty when they was like eight year old, man. Nice. Like uh, Ty was eight, and my son was nine at the the first kids Pan American. Uh, dude, the, the new the that generation, like your son's generation of those kids, are gonna are. I mean, they're already so amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. It's crazy. Look at the ADCC, what the Rotulu did that, man. He beat like two. Yeah. He did beat two really tough black belts in the final match against uh, who he fought in the finals. Was it Wagner Russia? I think so. I he think he Wagner did. Russia, bro. Like, yeah. You know, it's like a, 
those kids on the black belt level that's different it is and they i mean they've been training they're they're scary for sure like it's it's awesome to see what they're all gonna do yeah the california lifestyle is different too so kids most of the kids not even go to school they just do homeschool to be right. training be able to do you know and then you go uh, train twice three times a day that's what the kids from uh, art of jiu-jitsu does from the mendes brothers you know yeah. you know the people from um atos they go there man they like they come in the morning come back in the afternoon come back at night like they do three training sessions a day um that's why my son was kind of every big tournament he was lose to one of those kids in the podium in the finals or semifinals and that's when he asked me like that now i think it's time to me start doing homeschool <laughs> so i can train more and i'm like damn but uh, I allowed him to do that, and he got so much better. He got a lot more time to train. He's finished his school. Uh, this is the last semester for him. So pretty happy. It's cool that he's doing MMA too, man, because he's getting yeah. like a, a, the whole the whole thing. He doesn't want to go to college. Um, I had it, you know, I'm always dreaming about it. I didn't go through college. Um, but uh, I want him to do this through the sport. So I was pushing him for wrestling a little bit. And I realized, like, dude, I never pushed my son jiu-jitsu. Why am I going to push for wrestling? I just want to, like, because I can't afford it. Um, I was, like, that was back in the days when I was doing that, push him in the wrestling. I was, like, oh, I think he's doing good in wrestling. He can get, a, you know, a scholarship or something like that through wrestling. But he just, like, nah, that, that's not what I want. I want to be able to fight. Uh, he really likes Sergio Perez so much, and um, and Memano, and both of those guys didn't do college, and those guys make money. Yeah, like, Sergio just making the big move to UFC. They double his paycheck in Bellator, dude. Like a, a kid, very young, you know, he's already had his life situated. You know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, uh, probably make more money than any of the kids who went to college. So. Huh. You know, so my, my son really looked up for Sergio a lot, Manny, uh, Anthony, for sure. Those guys love to train with him, man. And Anthony was just asking, where's Gabe? You didn't bring him today? I said, nah, too many people. We got to keep that really small. <laughs> yeah. it's a, I mean, it's such a great experience. And, you know, like college ain't going anywhere. He can go He can go back if he yeah, wants. Yeah, he can go back if he decides to. Um, the most important thing to me is make my – make him happy you know if he just today decide to not fight anymore and he wants to be for example a firefighter or a cop or a lawyer or i would support him the same way you know i will do my best to make things happen for him but because he loves what we do you know since it was little he decided to do it by himself like i say dude he was in brazil and he like i want to join jiu-jitsu and my wife's like dude should i sign him up you know to go to your gym is pretty far away because we're she used to live was kind of far away from my teacher. And I'll say, yeah, especially in the church, you know, like it's a, we know like uh, people there, uh, instead of to say, oh, they say Jesus. <laughs> when they're going to bow you, they, nice. they, they, they kind of mention Jesus, you know what I mean? It's pretty good. Um, I had a great That's experience because cool. the dude was a pastor. And um, I was trying to get the visa from my son, my wife, you know, and they get denied four times. It was a pretty tough time in my life. And when Gabriel was there, I went to Brazil to visit them. And then we tried their visa again. And the visa, a night before we have our appointment uh, or interview, so we went to the gym to train. I taught a class for 80 kids, bro, in that jiu-jitsu program in the church. 
and it was amazing how they praying after before and after class and that day the 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 coach just like oh we're gonna pray here today for a big reason you know tomorrow um daniel his family is gonna have an interview you know so let's be everybody in the same uh, um you know vibe here let's pray for him and the prayer was so strong man so strong i remember him saying like daniel i know i feel in that god already signed that you your family's gonna get approved tomorrow man you know i start crying like a baby dude like you know i got so emotional and uh he was so uh, you know like when you 100 percent sure you're gonna get something you know what i mean so he did that and this guy's a great man because he he doesn't charge for jujitsu. He just teaching the community, the poor community. And if you can uh, uh, give some little money to help to buy more mats, you 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 can. But if you don't have, you can train. Uh, you know, I remember my son used to pay ten bucks to train. You know, because we will try to support. But the uh, next day, brother, I went to the interview. We got our visas. You know, uh, I just remember calling. You know, like uh, I saw some of the kids who doesn't have a gi. Uh, was pretty sad because their family couldn't afford, you know what I mean? So I kind of, you know, it's just, just popped in my mind. And then I, I got five of the kids, like brand new geese, you know, and just try to help somehow. I couldn't do more than that, but at least like I got a five uh, uh, five of the kids who doesn't have a gear they man, they're happy as hell. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Um, his name, his nickname is Tank. Do you remember the fighter Tank Abbott? Oh, yeah. About, yeah. So he kind of looked like him. He's a... Uh, He's a, a bodybuilder as well. Very, very good guy. He's a black belt from De La Hiva team right now. Um, a good guy. I don't know if he's going to ever watch that, but uh, I'm so thankful that um, my my son just had his first jiu-jitsu class with him. It wasn't with me. And he was able to, he will call all the kids his son. Hey, son. Hey, son. And, you know, he's that kind of guy. Like if the mom comes to jiu-jitsu program and talk to him that the kids was doing bad or some of the kids actually, the, the team, they just kind of like disappear a little bit, get involved with the drugs. So this dude would go in the favela <laughs> and get the kid, whatever the kid was, dude. He was like, he's the man, you know, good, good friend. Tanky, Tanky. His gym actually called the Tanky Gym, you know, Tanky Team uh, in Recife, Brazil, from De La Riva. Nice, nice. Um, What's the what's the biggest what's the big thing the greatest thing jujitsu has given you man in your life what's it done for you how's it changed your life actually saved my life because um, like I say I didn't go to college um, my sister did and it was all like I only have one sister my mom my dad got divorced with my mom when I was one and my mom always got to work and to pay for our schools and. And I kind of grew up in a in a hometown that the the lifestyle was like California, you know what I mean? Beach, surf. Um, the public school is pretty bad if you don't have money to pay a private school. So you know, like it's it's just a different environment. So you, you don't want to put your kids in the public school in Brazil. Uh, unfortunately, it's being sad to say that here. But uh, uh, you know, you can just go and walk out of the room. The the the, the the classroom whenever you want, you know, it's like the, the teacher's not going to complain much because they don't want to get in problem with some kids like who, you know, not behavior, you know what I mean? Like it, it, kids who they're bad because they don't have the opportunity, you know, so everything's around them. It's just, 
uh, fucked up. So they, they just grow up that way. It's kind of bad. And um, I think jujitsu uh, uh, just saved my life because at one point I was 19 when I become a father. I have a son. He's 20-year-old in Brazil. His name is Daniel as well. Very tough kid too. Purple belt under ZR team. You know the ZR? Yeah. One of the guy who makes most uh, world champs in the Gracie Ball uh, history. So he, he got his own team right now. Zeha Diola. Very good professor too from my hometown. And um, I was like kind of, you know, I have to work to taking care of my kid. But I wasn't prepared for that, you know. And I started Jiu-Jitsu as age as 21, two years later. And you just start helping me to become the better person because that was the actually the goal of my teacher Gutenberg. He would teach you hard how to fight, but he wanted to want to see you being a good person, a good man, you know, honest with the, um, um, how can I say, you know what I mean? Like people just thinking about me and I don't know if that was good for Gutenberg because now he doesn't have a you know the, the financial situation that he should be should have uh, because of that so he was open and teach people for free and I'm one of those kids too I start jujitsu I remember I paid for the first three months and I lost my job and he just like man you so you know you dedicate yourself so much just keep coming you know when you find another job you you start paying again and he just asked me to clean the mats and clean the bathroom every time before class. And I was doing that for, man, like three months. And uh, it was fine to me. So I'm very uh, grateful for that. You know, he taught me a lot, you know, like. So when Jiu-Jitsu came into my life, I remember my family, my mom, like, nah, that's not good for you. It's not good for you. Now those days, like, Jiu-Jitsu actually helped her as well. Because, you know, whatever. Um... I feed my family and I help my family uh, through jiu-jitsu. So my mom is very thankful now. <laughs> like, she loves jiu-jitsu now. <laughs> Where does she live? Especially when she saw me in, you know, pretty spots on TV. People think it's a little different, too. When people see you on TV behind the scenes, you know, they think, like, probably you're making so much money, you know, being there. But it's not like that. It's a few people make money. Um, we're doing well, but it's like people just like, oh my God, you've been a TV. Like it's not everybody being TV makes that much money. <laughs> you know, it's not a movie. It's not a, you know, a series. It's a, it's just a fight and we're behind. Um, you can, you can see one thing. If you ever look at roof sport coaches and fights, when our fighter win, we never go behind the, the fighter to show off in the camera. I think that's the fighter moment. So it's all about that person, you know, when we do fight camps for one guy, when we do fight week for that guy, it's what matters for that week, that fighter, that person is everything is for him. You know, we, we, I'm so just glad to be part of their journey, you know, so I take myself later on the other side, but most of the coaches go behind the fighter, they hold their hand, they lift their hands, they jump like a monkey in a cage. Uh, not, you know, I don't, I'm not judging. It just like, that's not me. I don't think I gotta. I don't need to show off that way. Uh, after that, when people you know interview them and they talk about us, that's cool. You know, we know our work is being recognized by the fighters and by the fans. Sometimes, as I see fans like, "Hey man, they don't even know my name." I'm like, hey, dude, you coach Sergio Perez, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh good, good. But they don't even know my name sometimes. But they see me around, you know, like and recognize it. This is pretty cool. Or someone just call me right away. Hey, coach Daniel. By the way, you're doing a good job, you know, in Milwaukee. So we're big fans. I have fans from all over the world, thank God. 
uh, it's more the fighters fans that become my fans too because I'm part of the journey. But I just feel important, and and you know, it is an sp- important spot to be helping guys on that level to win fights and and be able to still train with them because I train with my guys. Dude, what you guys are doing is obviously something right because you have a ton of success with a lot of different people. Yep. I remember, uh, man, I think seven years ago when I first started, I'm being a black belt for 14 years, but, you know, never uh, get one of my students go all the way up to a black belt because I was teaching at Gutenberg Academy. Uh, I moved to Chicago and I was teaching at the Carson Grace Academy. I was part of everybody's journey, but uh, I can't call myself I'm your professor. Uh, and when I went to Rufus Sport, I'm become the head coach out there. I was the, I am the guy, actually the only guy who do promotions. I have a, now I have eight black belts and all the black belts who train under me, you know, they're very, very respectful. And some of those guys have, they, they have the gym on the side, like Anthony, but when he do belt promotion, he called me in to come in and do the belt promotion with them. I, I really was, you know, appreciate that. It's a lot of respect. They know they don't need me. And when they become a black belt, they can promote anyone. Uh, to the brown brown belt, and only if you have second degree on your black belt, you allowed to promote another black belt. But uh, I just see the respect, dude. The, the, you know, Emmanuel Sanchez, my uh, assistant coach, actually, he's the head coach for the kids. <laughs> you know, he used to teach with me when he was purple brown, and we decided to make another class at five p.m. that I call the fundamental class. And we have like 30, 40 kids with Manny and another 30 adults with me at the same time now. It's like things change. And my son become his assistant now. So Gabriel teach the kids uh, along with Manny. And um, and now I have another assistant coach who is a UFC fighter, Jordan Griffin. He's doing pretty good. His last fight was not too long ago, actually, in Virginia. Him and Brandon Allen won uh, at the same night. And Jordan Griffin had the crazy guillotine. Then he won the 50,000 bonus. <laughs> dude, he was losing the fight and he pulled a guillotine like from, dude was in side control. And he wow. beat the dude in the, on, from the bottom when the dude had a side control on him. And I was like, only that guy can do that kind of things. Like I, I make a lot of fun of him because he, he being winning fights like that, he he was like getting his ass whooped and he pulled a lot of submission out of nowhere. Like crazy submission that people never see. Like there's some choke that he called the psycho choke because his name is, uh, nicknames the native, native is uh, psycho. He's the uh, American native. Um, and dude, uh, I'm just happy. He like, you look at me, dude, he's a girl, you know, girl of me and like crying, look at me like, thank you, thank you, coach. I need that so bad. <laughs> And I'm like, it's the same life, man. And like, uh, I like when my guys win no matter what. I don't care if they win by submission. Um, I, I play with the team, you know, when they knock people out. Um, actually, I'm so happy that even the striking coach, a master, our master, we call him the general. He's the general of our team. He's the main coach, the head coach. He's the owner. He's the. He's my student in jiu too. I respect him so much. He just told me at the Fowler's fight, you know, like, the fight didn't go to the ground to the last minute on the fit round. And I was able to coach him when it was needed just to strike him wise and help him to repeat. And he's like, man, you got so much better as a coach tonight. You know, I take my hands off you. You're not a jujitsu coach. You're an MMA coach. You know 
you know, every aspect of wrestling, striking, when you got to kick, when they got to throw the elbow. Uh, I just spent so much time with them. So it become more natural to me, you know, like to see things. And like, I, I call like sometimes head kicks when I see the guys lean back, try to pull off a punch. And that's when the fighter can throw the head kick, what we call the rainbow kick. And I've been called that before the striking coach. They look at me like, well, how do you know that? I said, man, I saw the head pulling back. So, was, <laughs> you know, I see you teaching that every time over and over. So I try to follow up and uh, see if I can get more light here. There we go. Um, you know, learning, man. To me, it's like the when you think you know a lot, you don't know shit. Right. You realize that's like you, it's the learning process never stops. I have my mind open. I learn from wrestlers. I learn from lower ranks. I learn from strikers. I learn from... You know, uh, sometimes I'm not going to use it, but I'm still like paying attention, try to see, because uh, to me, I'm a, study, uh, I'm a student of the game. So if I don't study in the fights, how can I create a strategy for my, my students to win the fights? You know what I mean? Most of the fighters, they don't like to do strategies. They just like to go and fight. We taking care of that part, you know, we go watch the fights back home and then we go make game plans and we go, you know, me and Duke is always on the same page. So that way it works very well. You know, uh, he has something that I need for MMA team and he, I have something that he needs. So striking jujitsu, wrestling is so important, but I don't think it's more, more important than striking than jujitsu. Of course, we have a great wrestling out there. But uh, just say it's two ways to finish a fight, right? So mission, mission and knockout. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not to win a fight. You can win a fight, get a takedown. I'm a big fan of win. Sometimes we're going to win, taking people down, you know, holding them down. And, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Win two checks is better than get a great fight and lose, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm I'm believing in the striking and jujitsu is the only two ways to finish a fight, you know. Is Duke Rufus still training jujitsu with you? Yeah, nice. He doesn't train as much as he wants because he's so busy. He got a he he's a hard worker, dude. He holds meets uh, pads for the fighters, you know, all the time, every day. Um, especially some sometimes we got three, four, or five guys preparing for in a fight camp and we got to do back to back, you know, it's like, it's crazy. We have another coaches too, you know, we have a, a good staff of coaches, but uh, the main coach is him for sure. The striking coach and probably the second one is, is me. So that's who the guys who really lead the, the, the pro practice. So he does the Monday, Wednesday striking. I go Tuesday and Thursday uh, jujitsu grappling for MMA. And then Friday we have our uh, wrestling uh, for MMA which is like we have a really good wrestler, uh, uh, you know, running practice. Rafian Stotts. I don't know if you've ever heard about Rafian. He's a Bellator fighter, amazing MMA fighter. He's a 13-1 and one as a pro. Uh, this kid is the, man, brown belt under me. He's been winning jiu-jitsu tournaments too. I'm so proud of him. And Saturday is the fun day. Saturday they can do gi, open mat. We have a fun uh, Muay Thai sparring. Um, the good thing about Rufus Sport, we have everything in one place. Right. You know, most of our fighters come from different cities, different states. They, the only local fighters to use Anthony and Sergio. <laughs> Everybody else come from different towns, you know, different states. It's, uh, it's crazy. But it's nice. Uh, like a, guy, a guy like a Paul Felder, he comes here for eight weeks, sometimes nine weeks. And, you know, he just like 
it is a part of the team, you know. I think Paul, I've been working with Paul for his, I think seven fights already, you know. So uh, it just become part of the family, you know. So when he's here, like, dude, he, he just embrace the process with us and be one of us, you know what I mean? Don't try to do his things, you know. He, even doing an amazing job with commentator when becoming a fight game dude that's what he loves like he he's a real fighter <laughs> i like that dude he trained jiu-jitsu under daniel gracie you know daniel gracie oh yeah yeah a good friend too um but when he comes here to rufus sports so i'm the guy who'll be with him for the the whole camp so he takes me to to corner him because you know he just so used to and he trusts in the process and I'm the guy who just being that daily every day with him you know uh, so it works works pretty well I can't wait for the comeback too man that guy's a he's a tough dude and easy to work with you know when the coach connecting with the fighters is so so easy to work so if you tell Paul to do like a hundred miles <laughs> he will do it <laughs> he fought five rounds and that's that was crazy the way he trains, man. Like uh, the gym just turned in Thailand. It was crazy. I never see the gym that like, man. We would train so hard. Everybody was like exhausted training, uh, strength and condition, striking jujitsu. Like every day, every day. And some of those guys don't even stop on Sunday, man. They keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But uh, I'm happy. I'm I'm just like sad now that everybody home. Like everybody's doing workouts. You know what I mean? But like it's nothing. Like, you know, train with the team and uh, be able to, you know, to share the match with your teammates. The, the, the environment's a little different, but we'll be back. We will be back, man. We'll be better. And, and it's going to be so great. Like, think of how great it's going to be when we do get to get back, like, to, to regular, you know, classes and everything. Yeah, I think everybody's going to come back actually even more excited, you know what I mean? To it's, uh, uh, um, you know, just appreciate more, more time, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how it's going to be like the, in jiu-jitsu, you know, I can actually make a joke about like, we totally against a uh, social distance, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. I was thinking about the creative t-shirt. Yeah. Like, you know, GG's like when somebody try to make a grip on you and you push it away, it's like, hey, get out of here. We did social yeah. distance. <laughs> gotta do social distancing. Yeah. Uh, affected the really the business the small academies the small jiu-jitsu gyms man i don't know like uh, i have friends who call me every day and ask me how rufusport is doing and how many people cancel i'm like we have managed we're we're not a really big company but we kind of big for mma you know martial arts i think we have over 500 members and um you know it's just like i don't deal with this part you know i just get there i teach uh, my thing so walk into the gym and just teach teach i teach a lot of i think i teach 20 hours a week so it's like you know for jiu-jitsu 20 hours not a lot of hours for a regular job but for jiu-jitsu right. it's a lot of hours <laughs> i say that's like a regular classes plus if you have private lessons and others side uh, uh you know things that you do in jiu-jitsu like it, it, it gets you really busy no it's gonna hurt i think it's gonna hurt a lot of gyms for sure but if you can make it through it you know yeah. you're gonna be better for it i think i hope after yeah i think uh most of the people are very positive you know with the uh, being an environment with so many people 
So we have people who works in the healthcare. Um, you know, they're very positive. You know, it's being it's it's kind of sad to see sometimes when they don't have equipment. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but I believe they. You know, I just posted it, man. I respect them so much too. Like I posted it, I saw a cool picture, like a somebody draw like a coronavirus, try to get close to a, a nurse, and the nurse just give a little figure. <laughs> it was kind of funny, why uh, uh But it's just like you know, like that uh, the nurse now, the firefighters, the the cops actually, you know, like uh, the the healthcare more the healthcare people, uh, professionals. So they are the uh, real uh, heroes right now, you know, like being put their lives on the line and risk to for us, you know, for all of us. Big time. So I really appreciate that. Big time. Me too. Man, I really appreciate you uh, being on the show, man. It's I'm so happy to see you like being successful. Like we had a good time in Oklahoma City. I remember we all went out to uh, like Dave and Buster's or whatever and watched the yeah. or <laughs> fighting. That's a good time, man. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it, man. Very, very happy. Thanks for inviting me in again. Uh, you know, I'll I'll be very happy to come back anytime soon when you have another opportunity. Um, you know, it was good to see you here. You know, I see your yeah. stuff on uh, Instagram. You know, I was still rocking your your brain. Another day, I was here doing a live. I had your hoodie in here. Thank you so much for all the support. Uh, you guys been doing a, such a good job too for the jiu-jitsu community you know what i mean special now uh with all this thing you know like about hygiene you know that we have been talk you know about it for so long how you clean your mats how you uh, you deal with the uh, uh situations that about hygiene you know what i mean how you clean your gym you know and now people's gonna really uh believe because i was one of that guy man i i you know spray him up the mat twice a day and I used to have that, the bucket, you know, the, the carpet bucket with the solution in for, uh, we call the, the, uh, the foot or the feet clean station. The, the, oh, yeah, yeah. Something like that, that you just wipe your feet, you know what I mean? And then yeah. you get in there clean. So I, I'm really totally, uh, I support 100%, man, the hygiene. I don't like to see people with dirty geese. You know, unfortunately, if I see that, they're going to get caught. <laughs> like, you know, nicely, you know what I mean? In a good way, because it's just like, man, uh, look at this crazy thing right now. Can you imagine if everybody just, you know, comes straight from work and don't wash their hands, don't work, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's like you've been all day outside, you eat outside. Sometimes you don't even brush your teeth, you don't wash your hands. And like, you know, so now, guys, when you're thinking about washing your hands, don't forget about the tortuga soap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's been the business for a long time. And, you know, it's like uh, that's the time to support the, 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 the people that being support you too, you know what I mean? Small business, uh, especially your business now, could be uh, making a difference, you know what I mean, to everybody to stay uh, healthy and clean, you know. I do appreciate your support. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate you, my friend. Um, let's let's do this again long before three years this time again. For sure, for sure. Jay will, be, Jay will be upset. Jay will be upset that he missed you, so we'll have to do it again with him. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Can't wait. Okay, hit me Man, up. Best wishes to your family and all your fighters and you, brother. Thank you, too, man. I hope you and all your family uh, as well, you know, and – can't wait to get back to normal. And, of course, I believe next time when we get here again, 
we're gonna talk pretty good. We actually gonna talk how we we went over this situation with the coronavirus, and uh, uh, we're gonna beat man. You know, like uh, I'm very positive. It's like using jujitsu right now. I just think like start the match. Uh, your opponent just score on you, and now it's time to be patient. Try to score, get that back, and then at the end get the nice W. <laughs> All awesome. right. Thank awesome, you so man. Much. Thank, Thank you, so. brother. Have a great night. Peace. Peace.